We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane, and the Lakers just fell to the Suns in a game that, frankly, was never close. 127 to 109 is the final score, and a lot of that is credit to the Lakers' third stringers, including their two-way guys that they just added, Dylan Windler and Skylar Mays, who came in and gave the Lakers a bit of a boost in the fourth quarter, the entirety of which was garbage time. The Lakers won the fourth quarter 31 to 21 or to 22. Otherwise, this loss would have looked that much worse. Again, 127 109 is the final score in this one. The Suns came out firing from the get go 36 points in the first quarter and just never looked back. In fact, the Lakers didn't win a quarter until the game was over and it was garbage time in the fourth. The Suns won the first. They won the second quarter, 30-27. They won the third, 39-26. Again, that first quarter was 36-25. to That set the tone for the game. And the Lakers, frankly, were just never really in this thing. Now, the Lakers had won all three of their previous matchups with the Phoenix Suns. They could say, well, they didn't have Devin Booker, Bradley Beal for some of those games. That's true. The Suns were 0-3 against the Lakers, though, up until this game. And they played like it. They played tonight like that bothered them. Like that mattered to them. And that's what you want to see if you're a Suns fan. That's what you want to see from your NBA team. You want to see the team say, you know what? This team has beat us every time we play them. That bothers us. That's not who we are. We're going to go take it to them tonight. And that's exactly what the Suns did. And we expected that coming in. I mentioned it in the pre in the preview that I did, that the Suns had not beaten the Lakers yet this season, and they were probably going to come out focused. That's exactly what happened. The Suns came out like this game mattered to them badly. The Lakers came out like this game mattered to them. Not really. They, You saw this Lakers team once the Suns, and this is a thing that happens just mentally, but when the Suns just kept hitting jumper after jumper after jumper after jumper, at some point the Lakers broke and they went, okay, it's not our night. And you saw that letdown. But even from the opening tip, the Lakers just didn't have the same focus, the same attention to detail, the same energy, the same effort as the Phoenix Suns. And you saw it defensively. The Suns getting wide open jumpers and the Lakers not necessarily making the extra efforts. It felt way too easy for the Suns tonight against these Lakers. So what does all of this mean? Big picture. The Lakers just won two in a row. They got important wins over the Raptors and the Clippers. Now they add a loss here against the Suns. Is this just the Suns were out for revenge and they were more focused on a random Thursday in January than the Lakers were and that's all we can take away from it? Or is this maybe a sign that, hey, those two wins were not reason to take your foot off the gas on the trade market and the Lakers still badly need to get something done to shake this up because this team simply doesn't have it as presently constructed. Now, one thing to keep in mind, Cam Reddish, uh, was listed as questionable heading into the game, came out at halftime or before halftime, did not return for the second half. Uh, and that was due to now left knee soreness for Cam Reddish. 
That is not the injury that Cam Reddish has been dealing with that's been keeping him out of the second game of back-to-backs. He was dealing with a groin issue before, so a new injury now picked up for Cam Reddish. So that's now something to keep an eye on. Rui Hachimura did not return for this game, not quite back. We had hoped when he got moved to doubtful two games ago that he would get back in action soon, maybe for this one. But sounds like he's really close. Before the game, Darvin Ham talked about how he had a great practice session. So maybe Rui returns for Saturday's game against the Jazz. The Lakers could certainly use him. But also no Christian Wood for this game either, out with a migraine. So Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura, he lost Cam Reddish at halftime, and Gabe Vincent, of course, also out for this game. So that left the Lakers playing a little bit then. Not suggesting in any way that that is the reason why they got their butts kicked tonight. No, 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 no. That is not the case whatsoever. Just giving an injury update and nothing more. This is on the Lakers who were on the floor 100%. Those guys being out there would not have changed the outcome of this game the way the Suns were playing and the way the Lakers approached this one. Now, let me get to your to get to your chat questions because I know you guys have a lot to say in this one. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, and I know we're going to have a lot of trade questions to get into as well. So Drew Potter said, Lakers pushed me to the bottle tonight, shaking my head. Yeah, I mean, something, right? Like this is, that was not a fun watch. I'll tell you this though. We, uh, you guys know, we do every game over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation, as well as here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube right now, if you're watching on X or Facebook, of course, welcome in to, to those of you as well. And all of you listening after the, after the fact over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, we do the, the live play-by-play on uh, over on playback and, and YouTube. And for the fourth quarter, because it was a blowout and because the third string guys were at least providing some energy, some effort, some enthusiasm. We had a lot of fun. We, we cracked some jokes. We had a good time. Um, we laughed through the pain. Um, so that's one thing. There is a benefit to that. We're, one of the things that I love, and we and this is true of when we get to get together in person and we do our in-person live watch parties, we do the virtual ones, we're over on playback, we're over on YouTube. Um, when we're doing that, we get to experience it all together. And that shared experience, it makes it better. It just does. Like, even when it's a bad loss, it's frustrating, but at least we're going through it together. When it's a great win, oh my gosh, it's that much more exciting. So if you haven't done this yet, hang out with us during the game. Come right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Come join us over on Playback, either place. Hang out. We chat. We talk hoops all throughout the game. It's a lot of fun. All right. Ace of Hearts. Said, going to take a page out of Darko's book to express how fans feel after that BS. Just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. Yeah, did you? I was wondering, heading into this, I was really wondering. Darko Ryakovich, the Raptors coach, by now you've all heard his epic rant, and I don't have a problem with him ranting the way he did. We've talked about it on the show. I don't have a problem with that. I thought it's great that he's showing his passion for the team, his passion to win the game. But I wondered. Would there be some repercussions the next game for the Lakers? Would the Lakers not get so many whistles the next game? Would referees be hesitant to give the Lakers a whistle because it had been such a big story? Um, In this game, the Suns took 23 free throws. The Lakers took 25. I've said it many, many times. An equal number of free throws does not mean a properly officiated game. The Suns made 91% of their free throws, 21 for 23. The Lakers, 64%, 16 to 25 uh, free throws are pretty even foul calls. The Lakers were called for 19 fouls. The Suns for 16. I'll tell you what, were there, were there some moments where I thought the Lakers should have got a call or something like that? Sure. There were some moments where I thought, huh, you know, that it looked like there was a lot of contact there. I'm surprised the Lakers didn't get a call. Maybe, you know, Darko's rant had something to do with that, but that did not change the outcome of this game. Not at all. That did not change. Even if you said, well, the refs missed three calls or whatever it was. That did not change the outcome of this game. The energy in this game going for the Phoenix Suns until the fourth quarter when the Lakers' third stringers went in. Even when the Suns strangely had their starters still out there, they had Kevin Durant out there, Devin Booker out there, the Lakers' third stringers like actually came out and played hard and took it to them. It was good to see, um, obviously, in a losing effort, but still, I don't think that had it. I hope that if there was any kind of effect from Darko's rant that it was all burned off in this one game in which the Lakers weren't 
winning regardless of what the referees did. Uh, Asa Hartz, superstar of the night to Vando for playing hard all game when no one else would. I'm dead serious. Skyler Mays with a question mark. So Jared Vanderbilt played 28 minutes in this one. I have not looked, but I, I would assume that's the most minutes he's played this season. Um, they've mostly been limiting his minutes. He played most of the fourth, nine boards, two assists, two steals, six points for Vando. He hit a three, his first three, or no, his second three of the season. He hit it one for three from deep. And Jared Vanderbilt was one of the guys that was hustling in the fourth quarter, flying all over the place. He didn't care about what the score was, clearly. He was going out there doing what Jared Vanderbilt does. And with that being the case, you've got to give him credit. you got to give Vando some credit for continuing to go out there and push and do everything he needed to do to show who he is as a basketball player. He's a hustle guy. He gets paid because he does the things that he does. Because he's out there flying all over the place, making the little hustle plays. And there is something endearing to seeing him do that. Now, Skylar Mays, let's talk about him. Two-way player, the Lakers just signed him. And we talked about why the Lakers signed him specifically. Remember, they waved Demoy Hodge, they waved Alex Fudge. And I know a lot of people were very high on Demoy Hodge coming out of Summer League. The Lakers waved both those guys. They signed Dylan Windler. They signed Dylan Windler coming off a 33-rebound game in the G League, which is crazy. Um, by the way, both Skylar Mays and Dylan Windler took and made their first threes as Lakers. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come. In fact, Skylar Mays was two for two for three. Dylan Windler, one for one. So both of the guys on two-way contracts the Lakers just added combined are shooting 100% from three. Now, obviously, it's tiny sample size, but still, they are. Uh, Skylar Mays played 11 minutes in the fourth quarter, went five for six, two for two from deep, one board, one assist, one steal, 12 points in 11 minutes. So the Lakers, they signed Skylar Mays, not just because he's a good player. He did have a couple of really good games against the Lakers when he was playing uh, for Portland earlier on in the season. So I think the Lakers remembered that. But there's a domino effect here. The Lakers, without Gabe Vincent, have largely been relying on D'Angelo Russell, on Austin Reeves, LeBron James to do all of the ball handling. Jalen Hood-Shafino was the break glass in case of emergency guy to handle the basketball. And then when D'Lo was out with the bruised tailbone, it was Austin and LeBron, and basically one of those guys had to be on the floor at all times. Jalen Hood-Shafino should have been getting minutes at that point, but you saw what happened. You saw what happened against Miami. They put Jalen Hood-Shafino on the floor for five minutes, and he was awful. Um, he did not look like he needed to be out there. And that was, a, I think, the turning point for the Lakers where they just said, look, he's not, he's not ready, right? Even if we've got two point guards, two ball handlers out hurt. And we only have two left. And both those guys are on the bench. We, he's not there yet. We're still not going to put the hand, the ball in the hands of Jalen Hood-Shafino. We're still not going to. We're going to have point Anthony Davis, which is what the Lakers went to the next game. So if that's the case, then what? why not let Jalen Hood-Shafino go play with the South Bay Lakers and spend more time there and develop? And if you're going to do that, though, you still need to find somebody to be your brick glass in case of emergency guard. And that's what it looks like they've found in Skylar Mays. Now, again, he's not going to shoot five for six forever. He's not going to, he's not, he hasn't been a good three point shooter on the season. So he's certainly not going to shoot two for two for deep forever, but he's a solid player. He's a guy who can come in and give you a few things. He can run an offense a little bit. He can pass the ball a little bit. He can play that guard position for you. And what it allows the Lakers to do is take the pressure off of Jalen Huchifino, send him down to the G League, let him, uh, let him develop. He's 20 years old. Let him develop. With the South Bay Lakers, they don't have to worry about him being your emergency point guard anymore. Skylar Mays can take that role and let Jalen Huchifino just go develop. But uh, again, Mays did look good in this one and give him credit for that. Again, Dylan Windler came in and hit a three as well. But remember, these guys are on two-way contracts. All right, Matty James said, what the heck was that? Inefficient night for LeBron James, and the second half was horrendous until the bench came in and we're actually doing something. Where's the energy and heart? This this really felt like a game where the Lakers just kind of said, oh, you know, we don't have it. Suns, you guys take this one. And uh we're yeah, we're we're not we're not gonna do this thing. We're, we don't have it tonight, so pack it in, right? That's 
kind of what it felt like from the Lakers in this one. And, that, and that's frustrating. Look, that's frustrating. So there is one thing, and Keith Smith and I talk about this over on the NBA front office show. You're going to have, every season, you're going to have a handful of games where you can't miss, where you shoot way above average, where your team's just locked in, and you're going to win those games. You're going to have a handful of games where you get blown out, where you shoot terribly, nothing goes right, and you're going to lose those games. It's all the games in between that matter. Is this one of those games where just nothing went right and you just, this, your opponent had everything going? I mean, Bradley Beal had what, 37, I believe? 37 points for Bradley Beal, 31 for Devin Booker. Kevin Durant didn't even have to do that much, 18 points for him. But Bradley Beal, eight of 10 from three. He was like four for 22 in the four games leading up to this. We talked about this in our live chat during the game. Eight of 10, 80% from three on 10 attempts. For Bradley Beal. Now, I know, chat, I'm not even looking at the chat right now. I can tell you what everybody's saying. They were wide open. Yes, the Lakers defense was not locked in from the get-go. From the get-go. So, I can't even look at this game and say, oh, this is just a game where everything went wrong. The Lakers just didn't have it. And you're going to have some of those games. But that also probably shouldn't come when you've been in a downward spiral for a month. You finally break out of it and you win a couple of games you shouldn't immediately take your foot off the gas pedal and then get blown out in your next nationally televised game, I might add. Nationally televised game, and the Lakers came out here and were MIA. That's not good. That's not good, folks. And if you're Rob Palenka, and the camera cut to him a bunch, you've got to be watching this saying, man, I got to do something. I got to do something. Got to make a change here. Because that the energy, the effort level that we saw from this game, that's not it's not acceptable. Now it's it's difficult when threes are raining on your head and guys aren't missing and all that. That's that's tough to stay locked in. But Jared Vanderbilt can do it. We talk all the time about how this team largely follows LeBron's energy. I thought LeBron had a pretty low energy performance himself. Again, only 10 points. And this one for LeBron. 0 of four from three, five boards, nine assists, one steal. The nine assists are just fine. But 10 points for LeBron on 3 of 11 shooting. It's not really what we're used to seeing out of him. 13 points for Anthony Davis on 6 for 11 shooting. He, he was uninvolved for chunks of the game. The Suns' defense was aggressive, sending extra bodies at AD. The Lakers were pretty bad responding to that and adjusting to that. Just a, a terrible performance across the board for a lot of guys, aside from the third-string guys who played the fourth quarter. Uh, Suka said, enough is enough. It's pretty clear we're not a good team and hopes of changing, uh, hopes of it changing isn't happening. We are who we are. We have so many losing habits. You can't even count for a trade. I'll honestly do Zach. He is the most upside. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. So when we're talking about a trade, this is kind of like, I don't know how many of you play fantasy football. By the way, I should mention this. Big congratulations to Matt the Optimist Peralta for winning the Lakers Nation uh, Listener League Fantasy Football League. It was uh, Matt uh, and Ron and myself were all playing against uh, a bunch of fans, and uh, and uh, Matt made it all the way to the final. I got bounced in the semifinal, and uh, and Matt Peralta won. So congratulations for winning winning the league. But if you are in a matchup where you're the underdog in fantasy football. Sometimes you'll play a guy who's more of a high variance guy, kind of a boom bust player that you think could give you 20 points on a week, but he could also give you like four. You'll play that guy. If you're the underdog rather than play the guy that's going to give you like a consistent 12 points every night, because you need, or every, every week, because you need that high variance. You need that boom potential. If that's where the Lakers are at right now, where they feel like, you know what? We're kind of behind the pack here compared to the rest of the West. Does that make you a little bit less risk averse here? And do you go for more of a home run swing on the trade market? A guy who can come in and change your offense. Let's face it. I think this is something that needs to be fixed. And it's needed to be fixed all season. The Lakers offense looked horrendous for three quarters. They looked completely non-threatening. Non-threatening. That was the Lakers offense. 
and it's been their offense for all. They're, they're a bottom third offense right now in the NBA. And I'll tell you what, I think they have potential to be defensively a good defense, maybe a great defense, a top 10 defense. That potential is there. They don't do it every night. They sure as hell did not do it tonight. But come playoff time, they have the upside to be a top 10 defense. The problem is if you're a top 10 defense and a bottom 10 offense, you're not going anywhere. You have to be, and if you're going to be a top 10 defense, you need to be at least a top 15 offense to win. Otherwise, you've got to be like a top five defense in order to get by with like a 18th ranked offense or something like that. You got to be like top five. You got to be one of the best defenses in the league to get by otherwise. So the Lakers have got to figure out a way to just be respectable on the offensive end. And that I think is going to necessitate a trade. I don't think they have the right pieces to get there on the offensive end right now, not running the offense that they're running. So that's where a player like Zach Levine makes a little bit more sense because he can give you that firepower. He put up 25 points last night. I'm not saying Zach Levine is the answer to everything, but that's the appeal of trading for a Zach Levine. There was also, though, the DeJounte Murray thing that came out today that sounded a lot more promising than anything we had heard about this. Everything we've heard up to this point is that there's going to be all these different suitors for, for DeJounte Murray. And that made me think, you know what? It's going to be tough for the Lakers to win a bidding war. But Jake Fisher today said there is a path that, that his sources have told him there's a path to the Lakers landing DeJounte Murray. That path is going through Austin Reeves. And that's the piece the Lakers have been unwilling to trade. And they still do not. They're making it clear they don't want to trade him. But Fisher hinted that the Hawks maybe could plus up DeJounte Murray with something to entice the Lakers to trade Austin Reeves in a deal. That would be like Austin Reeves and Rui or something like that in order to make the math work for DeJounte Murray plus something. Might the Lakers get more aggressive on the trade market? We know the Lakers don't want to trade Austin Reeves. They don't want to trade Max Christie. But if things continue to look like this, might that cause them to, to come off of that? and say, okay, we need to make a move. We need to do something. Here we go. Maybe. Maybe. But that's something. That's something that you got to consider. Now, Austin Reeves should not be untouchable by any, by any means. He should not be untouchable. There's only a few players in the league that really should be untouchable. But you got to make sure you're getting value back. So the Lakers have to ask, is DeJounte Murray that guy? or what's coming with him that's worth it. Interesting player, though. And he's good. He's really good. I worry about his three-point percentage. He's shooting 39% from three. He's a career, like, 33 34% three-point shooter. You know what's going to happen the second he puts on that Lakers jersey. You know what's going to happen. But good contract, too. Ree said, if the Suns' offense is going to be this good, we need Levine. Uh, we don't have enough firepower. <laughs> Apparently, Matt the Optimist is watching the show right now because, uh, or listening at the very least because he's thanking me. He just sent me a text thanking me for the fantasy football shout-out. Um, or somebody tagged him or something. Uh, Ree said, if the Suns offense is going to be this good, we need Levine. We don't have enough firepower to compete on offense with the Suns, Beal, and Booker cooked us. Well, again, I, I would not expect Bradley Beal to shoot 80% from three every single game, although it was bad right from the get-go. The Suns generated an open corner three on the, the first play of the game, and they did it the same way teams have been doing it. Drive in, get into the paint. Lakers defense is going to overcommit into the paint. You're going to get an open corner three out of it. The Suns went right to it immediately, and the Lakers did exactly what they've been doing for over a month now, giving up an open corner three, and it absolutely burned them. It was a wide open three for the Suns to start the game. Um, that said, I would, I would not expect Bradley Beal to shoot 80% from three in an open gym. So would not assume that's going to happen again. The Lakers defense also played really well against Booker the last time they saw him. Not so well this time. So, I again, I think if you see what the Suns did today, I wouldn't just assume that's who the Suns are and this is who the Lakers are. But I think the point still stands. They need more help on offense. The defense was atrocious tonight too. But I do think the potential is here for the Lakers to be good defensively. I don't look at this game and say, this is what the Lakers are defensively. Offensively, this kind of is what they are. This is kind of what they are. And that is a toothless offense. And that needs to be fixed. 
that needs to be fixed. Justin. <laughs> oh, no. Said, I bet Darvin had his hands in his pockets in his job interview. Man, people are so upset with Darvin for having his hands in his pockets. Um, Asa Hartz. Said, one of my biggest Darvin pet peeves is being down 30, still having more timeouts than the other team. Gotta love it. Yeah, that's one of the things we were joking about during the live stream um, of the uh, the play-by-play. Like, does Darwin think that you can turn in surplus timeouts at the end of the season for a cash reward? Is that is that a thing? Or he thinks the unused, you get the cash value of the timeout at the end of the season? Maybe. No, I, he doesn't. But I think there hits there hits a point in the game where you're down so much where it no longer makes sense to use timeouts. And I think the Lakers very much hit that spot. Uh, Davion said three-team trade. D'Lo, Rui, Capella, Hunter, and picks to the Bulls. All right. So D'Lo, Rui, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, and picks go to the Bulls. Levine and Vucevic to the Hawks. Murray, Caruso, and Drummond to the Lakers. Okay, so could you convince the Bulls to part with Levine, Caruso, and Drummond? That's like $53 million in salary going out. That's a lot. Oh, and Vucevic. That's like 73, 75. That's a ton of salary going out. Holy moly. D'Lo 70 at 30, 20, 20. Yeah, I guess you're about there. Honestly, I think it's too much salary going, too much salary being tossed around for that deal to really get done. But let's just look at the Lakers part of it. Um, just looking at the Lakers part of it. Um, Lakers will be giving up D'Lo, Rui, and getting Murray, Caruso, and Drummond. I think the Lakers would have to add value to it, honestly, in order to get that done. I think they would. They'd have to add something. That first-round pick that they are not wanting to trade, um, 2029 first, I think would have to be part of it in order for them to get that thing done. Uh, M. Dredd. Said, so glad we got to see the new signings. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the silver lining, right? We got to see some Dylan, Dylan Windler. We got to see some Skylar Mays. See some of the new signings in action. Maddie James said, Skylar and Max get more minutes. They played well. Yeah, Max, I mean, got blocked a couple of times by Bull Bull. So that's not ideal. That's not something that you want to see. But Max Christie, I think, is still a, a very solid piece for the future for the Lakers. I'm still high on him. This is what I'm talking about, though right where you saw the mistakes in this game where Max that Max was making this is why i've been saying that i'm not starting max christie right now or anything like that like he has a good game and people start saying oh start him and and all this look i think he deserves minutes and i think his skill set is a great fit and that's why he deserves minutes but he's 20 he still needs to develop he's taking he's getting there though he's getting better he's improving i like what i'm seeing out of max christie but he has these nights where he reminds you that he's 20, where, again, I thought overall he had a pretty good night. Finishes with 14 points, seven boards, four assists, four of eight shooting, five of six at the free throw line, one for three. Had a couple of turnovers, though. Had a couple of plays that did not look quite as good. You see these flashes that are great. You also see flashes that remind you that he's still a young player who's very much developing. And um, and he just needs time. And that's totally okay. Maybe it's not okay on a team with LeBron James, but it's okay for for him and his own development. Uh, Aqua said, Hayes, four fouls in four minutes. Yeah, he played four minutes in the first and the second quarter, and he had four fouls. Averaging a foul per minute was Jackson Hayes, who into the rotation due to uh, the issue with Christian Wood with the migraine. Phoenix's backcourt combined for over 60. Worst game of the year. Uh, I don't know. Let me ask somebody who's particularly optimistic about that. Our fantasy football champ, Matt the Optimist. Matt, how you doing? Um, hey Trevor. 
Uh, I heard my my ears were buzzing, so I decided to check the stream, and lo and behold, I got a fantasy football mention. So here I am. Were you watching the show, or did someone like tag you, or or what happened? I actually got a text saying, "Congrats on winning your league," and I was like, "How did you know that?" And oh, they were they were tuning into the stream, and I was uh, I was admittedly uh, still kind of getting over this loss. This one was just not fun to watch. No, it was not fun to watch at all. Um, do you agree with the comment? This is the uh, the worst of the season. Worst game of the year. Mm, worst game of the year. I mean, I'm obviously very biased and I hated losing to the Celtics on Christmas. But I will say, like, for whatever reason, like, this game was just like... I don't know. To me, like, they're all starting to blend in at this point. Like, all these mm -hmm. sorts of losses that seem, like, really listless. Um, that's, like, kind of the term I've been using when I'm talking about the team, like, offline to people. It's like, the yeah. team just does not seem very... I mean, I know the word engage gets thrown around a lot. But, yeah, like, it's just... The effort today was just, like, pretty, pretty dispiriting. And it just kind of feels like a team that is... It kind of feels like last season, right? Like, guys just seem checked out. It feels like the trade deadline and all the rumors and drama and whatever is just kind of getting to the team at this point. And... I don't know, man. Like, I it feels like they just need another hard reset, but I don't know how they do that. Is the, is this the point where Rob Palenka looks at last year and says we made a bunch of moves before the trade deadline and it worked great and we went on this run? I'm just going to do the same thing. I mean, I think everything has to be on the table at this point if you're the Lakers, right? Like, I don't think there's any going back. They they can't just blow this thing up and try to rebuild. They still have LeBron. They still have AD, who, by the way, are playing great. But yeah, um, not tonight, obviously, not but just. Tonight in the season in general they've been playing phenomenal so i think it'd be a disservice to them if you decide to blow it up and and just try to tank for next year or whatever but um i think if you're rob in the front office you have to kind of i don't think anyone on this roster is untouchable outside of your stars i think anyone can be had for the right price what do you think about the uh i was just talking about the rumor out there today that the lakers have a path to get to land Dejounte murray but mm -hmm. they have to include Austin Reeves in the trade, but that the Hawks, the Lakers may be able to get some added value back in addition to DeJounte Murray if they're willing to put Austin Reeves into the deal. Is that something that you would be interested in if you're the Lakers? I mean, again, I, I think you have to consider it, right? It depends mm -hmm. on what extra value you're getting from the Hawks, right? Um, I've been a very, very big fan of someone like Bogdan Bogdanovich for a super long time now. So if you're able to throw him in the deal and get Murray as well, I think you have yeah. to look at that hard if you're the Lakers, especially because they're not quite one-to-one, -one, but Bogdan does a lot of the similar things that Reeves does on the floor. And I think, you know, to add him and Murray would help solidify your backcourt problem a lot. Um so yeah, if, if if that sort of deal's on the table, sure. But if we're just talking like Reeves and like that 2029 first and whatever to get to Murray's number, no. But if I can get some extra players in there, then I, I'd have to consider it, yeah. All right, Matt, I'm glad you hopped in right now because we're going to do our sleeper segment. We're going to make some picks here live on the show, and you're going to help me out with that sleeper the daily fantasy app and matt you are our fantasy champion so hopefully <laughs> this is going to go very very well now that we've got matt the fantasy champion peralta's advice coming in here so let's make some picks Ooh. uh using that sleeper app again you've got that promo code lakers nation over in the sleeper app go download it uh everybody if you haven't done so yet download sleeper you can get a deposit match of up to 500 dollars when you use that code Lakers Nation, super easy to remember. And the picks are super easy to make. You guys see us doing it right here live on the show. So we're going to make some picks here. Um, Matt, I guess let, let's start here. This, this is an easy one. The great thing about Sleeper is you see these picks go on sale all the time. 0.5 points for Nikola Jokic, over mm. or under for this contest. It's a, well, more or less on Sleeper for this contest. I think we know what we're doing there. Yeah, it's tough, tough, tough choice, but I think I'm gonna hit more. All right, we're gonna build. We're gonna build a five pick contest here. Ooh, five. Uh, yeah, there. so we're gonna do five here, and everybody can help out in the chat as well. Uh, oh, does Victor Wembanyama get a double double against Charlotte? So this is actually a good gambling tip. If okay. you are sure that Wemby gets a double double. Maybe you just want to bet either the points or the boards prop versus the double-double because you oh. got to hit 
two and one essentially for this prop to hit. That is true. Okay, so here here we are. Let's go with the rebounds. Okay, we like boards. Nine and a half rebounds against. Or Charlotte. Is he going to get more or less against Charlotte? I I, I think I'm going to lean more, Trevor. I, I I would agree with that. I'm also going more. I'm okay. also going more. Um, let's go. Oh, let's go to the guy who was almost a Laker, Miles Turner. Literally was almost. A, it was so close to that deal to getting done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Turner. Let's go, Miles Turner, and he is taking on the Atlanta Hawks. So we were just talking about with Dejounte Murray. Let's go. Let's go with him. Let's stick with the rebound theme. Seven and a half rebounds for Miles Ooh. Turner against the Atlanta Hawks. That line seems pretty sharp. <laughs> would you rather? Would you rather do that or nineteen and a half points? I think I'd stick with boards because okay. I think points are a little volatile, especially because of foul trouble, right? And boards sure. you can you can get both ends. Chaco Thunder says more than 19 and a half points. Oh, or, I'm sorry, more than seven and a half points. Okay. I mean, I don't know what 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 Miles Turner's see when I when I back in the day, Trevor, when I was very much into this stuff, a lot, a lot of research went into these props. <laughs> sure, sure. We're we're uh, but we're gonna wing it. So well, the great thing know. about sleeper, you can look right here. We can see you got his last five up on the board here. His okay. last five, last five. He's again that research is right there and available for you. Um, which again is great about sleeper last five or last. Yeah. Last four are up right here. And then tomorrow's game is yet to be played. He is over in two and under in two. I see. Yeah. Looks like his season average is 7.4. So this Ryan, like I mentioned, is pretty sharp. Yep. Um, I mean, also depends on the matchup. Looks like they're on the road against the Hawks. I mean, if I had to take one here, Trevor, I'm, I'm probably going to lean over. Um, I'm okay. kind of curious what the over-under is for that game. Uh, for anyone out there betting, if the over-unders for the games are pretty high uh, in terms of like combined points, those are the ones you want to target. Yep, absolutely. So then we're, t- we're going more there. Um, let's go to the other side of the ball there, and let's look at, at Clint Capella then. Ten and a half rebounds taking on those same Pacers. Um, if this ends up being an up-and-down game, and we're saying that that Turner is going to go and get more than seven and a half rebounds. Do we also say Capella is going to get more than ten and a half rebounds? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't these two just have like that like 150 point game against each other like a couple weeks ago? Or that something? sounds right. And if you look, Capella, he is more. He hits the over there in three of his last four. I, I do like Clint a lot. He's pretty consistent. A lot of offensive rebounding for him too. So if I had to pick this one, I'd probably go more as well. Okay. Let's do one more, and let's go with Zach Levine. Ooh, yep, Zach Levine, and let's go. I'm taking the more. I'm taking more here also against Golden State, whose defense has been porous without Draymond Green. On, on assists. Well. Mm-hmm. Okay, more than think, three Trevor? and a half assists. I like it. I do like that. That was the way I was going to go as well. And on that entry, five plays on five dollars. Woo, fourteen point one seven x. Now there are plays that you can put together that can one hundred x. Mm-hmm. what you what you put in depending on how you build it all out but again you can see here on sleeper super super easy to do and again everybody use that promo code lakers nation so you can download download sleeper today use the app get uh use lakers nation to get that deposit match of up to five hundred dollars all right matt thank you for playing along with us we'll see how our picks do um when those games play tomorrow Nice little uh, seventy dollar payout there if it hits. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be bad for a fantasy champion. And there's a little daily fantasy there with sleeper. All right, let me get back into some of our questions and and comments here. Uh, game turned early when Austin Reeves kept kicking the ball out instead of just attacking. He got paid for what he is, freelance. Then asked to be what he's not, and that's a point guard. He's asked to be a point guard. For a while now, he's and he's come on this show and said he was a point guard growing up, and that's what he's comfortable doing, and that's what he wants to be. So that's not all like, oh, the Lakers are misusing; they're putting him in the wrong role. Austin has been asking for this role and wanting to be in this type of a role. Do you think, though, that that's the key for Austin that he needs to be out there with another ball handler? I mean, I don't think it hurts. Um, I, I personally didn't have too too much of an issue with Austin and the ball handling tonight, uh, personally. At least I know, my God, the TNT broadcast just decided to go in on him for, you know, getting picked on defensively, which sure. I felt like every possession. But 
uh, as far as like you know the offensive end, I mean that's the reason why he's in the starting lineup, right? Like, yeah, we saw the lineups with LeBron as the only point guard and a bunch of non-creators next to him. They needed to spruce that up, put Reeves in there as a secondary slash even a primary in some cases. I, I think it's fine. I think that it's come growing pains given that he's assuming more responsibility in the offense and defenses or teams now are game planning for him actively versus compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sit here and like dump on Austin for having like a subpar game or anything, but I do think that the Lakers need him to be a creator on the floor, just given the roster construction currently. Um, yeah. And that's, they need him with the ball in his hands, as you were just saying, Matt. Um, here's a, a comment over on the Lakers Nation uh, Twitter account or X account, I should say, uh, at Lakers Nation. D'Angelo Russell being asked about trade rumors said it is what it is since I've been in the league I've been dealing with that so I know I can't control it I don't really even go about my day worrying about that to be honest um, and that's good by the way noteworthy that D'Angelo Russell is talking to reporters yep <laughs> last two games did not talk to reporters and I expect like D'Angelo Russell got traded as a young player by the Lakers he's been in trade rumors with every team he's ever been on yep like, by this point, he knows, and he had to know, like, people were questioning, well, is he not talking to reporters because he's worried about trade rumors or something like that? He had to know, Matt. Mm-hmm. We talked about it when the contract got signed that he had to know the second he signed that contract and the no trade clause got negotiated out of it and he's got a player option for the summer that he was going to be in trade rumors this season. I can't imagine that's really the cause of, of him not wanting to talk to reporters. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think so. I mean, I, I think people, as soon as he signed it, people were already trying to ship him out. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, players aren't dumb. Like, whatever conclusion a fan can come to, like, players and their agents and the teams already have known this well in advance. Yes. So I, I doubt it's really that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some frustration with how he's playing on the floor, you know, his new role off the bench, whatever. I, I This happens a lot. Like, not every guy's made available for media or they decide to, you know, skip out. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's unusual, but I just think that it's um, there's been some extra attention on it because given the Lakers record, uh, the trade rumors, who would need to go out in a deal. Obviously, Delo is one of those main pieces. Um, yeah. We had the report literally today about his contract not being valuable around the league. So it, it, it's a it's a combination of things like I, I think as a player you have to remember that they're as a, as a fan you have to remember these players are human they hear everything too um they're dealing with it and so i again like i i'm not gonna get upset about a guy not wanting to talk to people for a couple of days like i i could also relate so um yeah just I, it was good to hear him talk and and take some of these questions in stride but i mean ultimately like until the dread the trade deadline passes we're gonna keep hearing this stuff Oh, if I if I was hearing every day that I was going to be traded to some other, some other channel, Site, some channel. other some yeah. other show, I that I I might get shipped out to I don't know Hawks Nation or something like that or Orlando Magic Nation or whatever or Pistons Nation or whatever it is that I'm going to be shipped out every single day. I'd be I'd be a little grumpy as well. I, I I'd say that I would be looking forward to the trade deadline coming and going, so I would just know what was going on. Uh, Wesley said, sometimes I question this team's identity uh, in every game, even if we win or lose. What is their identity? That's that's what I was going to ask you. What is this team? <laughs> so far, their identity has been they have the potential to be a good defense, but they're not always, and they're a bad offense. Uh, yep. That's, that's, are, that's been what they are. They are a bad offense and a mediocre defense. That is That is essentially where we're at with this team. You've got and God, like, I feel like I've heard this point said a million times the past week about how LeBron and AD are playing really good basketball. It's just the rest of the team is not pulling their weight. And yep. I mean, I think we're all hitting the point collectively as a as a fan base that maybe we overrated the roster coming into the season. I think that we took the Western Conference finals run. We added to it and just said, yeah, look, we're just going to be better. Um mm-hmm. I who knows I mean like there's still a little bit of time to to do that to you know change the narrative a little bit but we're almost halfway through the season like I this is tough well I think one of the things that's been an issue and and yes we saw against say the Clippers that you had all the other guys stepped up but I think one of the issues that's been magnified by the injuries that they've that they've suffered is that you look at a lot of teams that have that are stocked with two-way guys that can play both offense and defense the Lakers have a few guys 
that really just play one side of the ball. Right. Yeah. And that creates some problems, especially when the guys who have been largely been hurt are the two way guys, right? Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura has been in and out of the lineup all season, right? These are your guys that you were, and frankly, you probably needed some more two way guys in terms of both sides of the ball um, on your roster. And then you miss, you're missing two of these key ones. And I think it's magnified the problem of having these guys like Jared Vanderbilt, who's one side of the ball, Austin Reeves, the other side of the ball. Same thing with D'Lo. Torian Prince is starting putting himself in that offense-only kind of column, gets picked on a little bit defensively. Cam Reddish is defense-only. So that's become, I think, part of this team's identity that they've their, that their coaching staff is constantly having to try to make decisions. Do we go with offense? Do we go with defense? Do we try to put a blend out there on the floor? And they just still haven't found quite the right mixture i think that's become part of the identity of the season or at least it's been a big piece to the season that they haven't been able to really put together a group that can give you any kind of consistency on both sides of the basketball yeah it's a it's a really nuanced issue for the lakers i i mean look injuries definitely play a factor in this but i think up to a certain point you just have to play with what you got and for sure um, I was talking about someone about this offline just because, you know, the Lakers, like I'm usually like in the friend group, right? Like what's going on with the Lakers. Um, the way I phrased it this past weekend actually was, I think the Lakers just have a bunch of like fifth starter guys. And a mm-hmm. lot of them are being elevated into roles that they probably shouldn't be in. Like for instance, Cam Reddish, right? Like I think ideally Cam is like your ninth or 10th guy off the bench that you can kind of throw in um but he's starting for the lakers um i think torian prince is a perfect example i think he is an excellent fifth option on this team but like building lineups around like five-man lineups for this team just seems to be like a game of whack-a-mole like i mentioned earlier because you got a bunch of specialists that are good at one thing you've got lebron and ad as your fulcrums but then whoever you're putting in and out like you are sacrificing one end of the floor for the other and yeah I mean, this, this is going to sound a little rudimentary, but I just kind of feel like Darvin Ham and the coaching staff have too many buttons that they need to press right every single night in order to get games like to go in their favor. Um, that's yeah, why and, and, if, and if they met, miss on one, that can be enough of a of a turn to lose a game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, like we came into the season thinking like the Lakers have depth, like they have so many options, and but like you know the burden of choice is a real thing, right? Like if you've got too many choices you have a lot more error. You have a lot more room for error too, mm-hmm. in terms of like, this is the right lineup to put out in this specific situation. I just feel like given the injuries that it, it's just a whole mess right now for the Lakers. And again, I, I think they need to consolidate some pieces into like one bona fide dude that they know they can play who that is. No idea, but I think they need to do it. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I think, and now I want to be careful that you don't just go, you don't wind up with a team where you have LeBron AD player X, and, and that's nothing it. else. Yeah. But you do need to get I they need some more firepower on this team. They need somebody that you're I think you're asking too much of a 39-year-old LeBron, frankly, and, and AD. And, and maybe it's a little concerning that LeBron and AD have been pretty much healthy for the season and they're still kind of mired where they are. I mean, that's not not not, not not to stoke the flame too much, but I mean, I was uh I think just a few weeks ago, I was very very against the whole Zach Levine thing, but uh-huh. Um, I'm only throwing his name out there because one, I don't think he has a trademark right now to yeah. like, I think watching this offense is like getting your teeth pulled out. And so I, I just think at any, like any sort of infusion of offensive talent would, would go a long way with this team. And so I'm starting to like, I'm inching my way toward the Lakers just saying YOLO and, and pulling of Zach Levine deal off. If it costs you everything except Reeves, I think I'm okay with it at this point. Well, uh, it's, the 11th it's going to be the 12th shortly here the 15th Rui and and Reeves become trade eligible yep um a Zach Levine deal just math wise would almost have to include Rui and D'Lo yep so if you're building something off of Rui and D'Lo let's say it's Rui D'Lo and Gabe Vincent and the Bulls just say take Zach Levine's contract off of our books for those those three guys are you doing that I mean I think Rui is the hardest piece to lose in this in this calculation. But look, mm-hmm. Gabe hasn't played at all this season. They're not getting anything out of him. We're not even sure like if he does come back, if he'll even be healthy. Um, and then there's D'Lo, right? So I mean, the way I kind of look at this deal is is it's really just D'Lo and Rui and Gabe as salary filler. 
Um, if it doesn't cost me any draft equity or anything valuable in terms of draft equity, I think you kind of have to do that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the Bulls would want draft equity, but I wonder if we get to a point if the right, because we've been hearing for weeks now that the market is, it does not exist for Zach Levine. Yep. Like, no, nobody wants him. Not, not on his contract. If he was making 20 million, people would want him. It's the contract that's the, the problem. But um, if that continues to be the case, maybe the Bulls do get to a point where they just say, look, we just just get the contract off our books. And maybe the Lakers can find a deal there where, um, you know, that makes sense. All right, we do need to get to the master lock of the night before the show ends here. And there's plenty of things to talk about from this game in the master lock. So chat, fire it off in the comment section. What do you think should be master locked from this game? What was the most annoying thing from the game? Let's do it. Master Lock of the Night. Master Lock of the Night. What are we putting in the Master Lock from this game? Oh, I'm seeing Master Lock Austin, Master Lock LeBron, Master Lock Sean Davis. He's not even here. Damn, and Sean just catching straight. Man, Master Lock Ham. Oh, no, Master Lock me. I'm proud. Yeah. People, people are upset. Master Lock Reeves defense. Master Lock Darko Ryakovic for his rant. Master Lock Jackson Hayes. Uh, I think the I think the uh, fouls Master Locked Jackson Hayes. Uh, Master Lock Dylan Brooks. Who he gets Master Locked every show. Oh, always good one. Yep. Always, always. Matt, one. Matt, what would be your official Master Lock from this show? Um, I think it has to be me, Trevor. Um, well, somebody did just say you. I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I, it's for a different reason, probably. But uh, me, because I came into this game pretty hopeful that the Lakers could win a third game in a row. And I, every time, Trevor, they only need to win one, maybe two games to just get me all the way back in. And, and now I'm here I am, left in the cold, crying, um, sad thursday night drinking by myself instead of going out and celebrating another win it's me it's me like i'm i'm too optimistic for my own good it's just it's in my it's in my name it's in my blood at this point it's just it is what it is so every every time you get your hopes up every time like you feel like you're you're ready to to love again we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get crushed. Crushed me again. And I'm going to do it again on Saturday. They win and I'm going to be all in again. Yep. By the way, the, the Jazz are suddenly good and winning games just in time. I, I was I didn't even want to bring it up, but yeah, I mean I'm, I would not be surprised if they if they lost again on Saturday, which pains me to say, but it's not just that they're winning it. Did you see who they're beating? They're beating good teams. Like I, I was hearing, like uh, you know, I was noticing, okay, the Jazz are they've you know, they've won a few games. Okay, whatever. Like they're unfortunately they're gonna be on the second night of a back to back when they play the Lakers, they're playing uh the Raptors tomorrow. But the Jazz. They're six. They've won six of their last seven games. They're six wins. Miami, Dallas, Detroit. Okay, Detroit's whatever, and they beat them in OT. But but Miami, Dallas, Philly, Milwaukee, Denver. Those are all pretty good teams, I'd say. What? What is happening? <laughs> How is that possible? Like, I wouldn't expect them all season to have a win against each one of those teams. Like, I would expect them to get swept by at least one or two of those teams. 
Um, you know what the sad part is when you were rattling off that when you were when you were talking, Trevor, is like as soon as you said one last six of seven, I was like, I don't think the Lakers have done that this year. Mm-mm. Don't believe so. Yeah, no, I was like, mathematically, I don't think they've done that this year, which made me sad. Master lock sadness. No, I, man. Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's going back to the master lock though. It's me because like I I I just can't. I just make myself too available for this team. I like mm. I, I I set aside time. I don't talk to anyone. It's just me and Lakers basketball for two and a half three hours, and today was just pain. That would be it. Yeah. All right. I this may be a first in the show's history. A self master lock. Maybe. I don't know how to, I don't know how I would do it by myself, but if I ever see Chris again, I'm just gonna have him. Chris, put me well, Chris will come by. Chris, yeah. uh, Chris will have to come by and, and, and help us out. That um, uh, I talked to Chris today, actually. Um, okay, let's. So for my master lock, I need a master lock, Bradley Beal. That's a good one. Because like, what are you doing, man? He was four <laughs> four for twenty two in the four games leading up to the this game uh, from three. And then he goes and he shoots 80% from three. Not And this isn't, this isn't like Marcus Smart or Dante Exum where these guys were bad three-point shooters coming into the game and then they just went berserk. Bradley Beal is a good three-point shooter. But come on, 80% from three. And yes, some of this is on the Lakers. Their defense was terrible. Yep. But really, man, you couldn't like shoot 50% from three, which is still ridiculous. You had to go and hit 80% of your threes in this game and drop 37 points. Come on, I mean, Bradley Beal. Can we also talk about Devin Booker just hitting everything over everyone today too? Like the yeah, the pull-up jumpers. You know what actually? You know what really oh, annoys me? Fouling jump shooters? Yes. But you know what really annoys me, Matt? It's jump shooters. shooters who are now in the habit of falling with every jump shot they take, whether or not there's contract, mm. there's contact. And one of your least favorite players, he does it all the time. King of this, Jay Crowder. Does it all the time. Sway spot up corner three, sways feet. Why? Fall down. Why? Why? Yeah. You yep. do that rec game, Trevor, you get laughed at. For Why? sure. Pros. And that's that, my friend, is a is a big picture issue that, that I've got where I think if there's something that would get you laughed off the court in a pickup game, it shouldn't be in the NBA game. Agreed. I mean, to be fair, I think people that try to take charges in rec play games are also that's true. silly. But well, I mean, also, I'm 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 on team ban charges, but that's neither here nor there. Is that is that like actually your your team name or your no? I mean, you just think there should be no charges. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it's a player safety issue. Like, I, I can, can you... just I could see you having a rec a rec league team named <laughs> ban <Band> charges. <laughs> no, we would be the optimists. Hello. Okay. Uh, but um, I mean, it's just a player safety thing, like. How many times have you seen a guy slide under a dude midair? Like, it happens. Yeah, it happens a lot. All right, uh, Dondre said Rui Delo. Okay, so that's a lot of salary going out and a first for Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce oh, O'Neal, and Lonnie Walker, who, by the way, has been hurt. But DFS Royce O'Neal, Lonnie, or Rui Delo, Gabe, and a first for Levine Caruso Drummond. <laughs> Gee, I wonder which one says no to that one. Would you? Would you, I? I mean, what do I need to give up for that second one? I'm, I'm down. Let's do it to get Caruso and Drum. Yeah, and Zach. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and Zach. But I mean, but Z- like Zach is the one where we're we're saying, could you get him without having to include a first and, and all that sort of stuff? Caruso, the Bulls are going to want a first because the salary is so good. Yeah, um, Drummond. Yeah, he gives you he gives you something in the middle. Would you do the first deal, the Rui Delo and a first for Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Lonnie Walker? No, I mean I think we just talked about having too many specialists. I don't think this really yeah. solves that issue. I like Dorian Finney-Smith, but I would. That's like do... a that's like a one for one trade sort of thing for yep. me. I would I wouldn't. Yeah. Yep. Agree with that. Agree with that. All right. Well, we do need to give way to Sean Davis's post-post game show. He's going to be starting that up in just a moment. He's going to break down some of the carnage and talk. I'm sure he's going to talk more about trades as well. But Matt, this was a pleasant surprise. 
I, I'm glad that I shouted you out for winning the fantasy football league. Thank you for coming on here, man. It's always always fun to talk Lakers basketball. Yeah, man. I think the the trick to get me on the show is to just say my name and then I'll, I will appear, sort of like uh, like, like Beetlejuice. Yeah, I, was I just say have Beetle... to say your name three times. I was gonna say that or Candyman, but yeah, oh, one of okay. those two. Yeah, we just, we both went the 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 horror slash weird side of yeah. things, but uh, no, this was fun. Um, all things considered, I feel better about the game talking it a little bit. So I hope everyone listening out there also feels the same. But uh, back at it on Saturday. That's right, back at it on Saturday. We'll see if the Lakers can can pick, uh, can pick up a much needed win against the Jazz. Once again, thank you everybody for joining us. Sean Davis will be getting his stream going. In just a moment, the post-post game show. So don't go anywhere. Hang out when you get that notification that his stream has started, which, again, will be any moment. Uh, jump on in and talk some more Lakers basketball with him. But, again, thank you, everybody. Make sure you do subscribe to the YouTube channel right here. We're going to keep you up to date on everything heading into the trade deadline, which is coming up February 8th. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.